Big thank you to everybody teaching our kids today. Man, they're still going. Real big thank you to everybody teaching our kids today. Mia Joy, you be good. She didn't even hear me. <laughs> Dad seconds that. Uh, we've been walking through First Peter for the last uh, couple weeks, and today's no different. Uh, but I really think uh, I really think there's something good in store for you, and I hope this uh, ministers to everyone. I believe that it will, and uh, so let's pray, Father. We pray that you will uh, speak to us through your word. Holy Spirit, we invite you just to be living and active and in us, among us, and uh, help us to bring glory to you in all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Uh, yeah, First Peter, that's towards the end of the New Testament. And if you did not know that, you're in the right place. No one expects you to be a Bible scholar in this place. We don't even know if you have a Bible. And uh, so we have those. They're available. If you ride through these doors as you exit today, uh, on our VIP booth, uh, which by the way, if this is your first time, you are VIP. So we have a little gift for you, a little something for you. But if you will go back there and grab a Bible, we want you to take that. It is a joy for us to give that to you. So I don't, don't think, oh, I don't want to take it because I know those cost money. It is our pleasure for you to take one. Please do that. And uh, so you may want to write some scripture down on your notes today. And that way you can go home and, and check this out, uh, because as we'll talk about later, uh, you can hear directly from God. We believe that God speaks directly to man. You do not need uh, a priest. You do not need uh, any, any human uh, there for you. I do believe that uh, God gives us gifts, and, and my gift is to be able to say, hey, this is where we all are collectively in the scripture. So that's what we're doing here today, but your best Bible study, your best worship will be in those quiet times by yourself. Now, First uh, Peter chapter 2, verse 1, starts with this. Therefore, and remember when it starts with therefore, we have to look and see what it's therefore. Okay, so we'll do that. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all slander. Now, what is it there for? Remember, we talked uh, last week about being sober-minded and being able to uh, sort of approach the throne and, and go to the Lord and not be distracted from, uh, from the Lord and being, being, being able to, uh, you know, a- approach Him with a clear mind, okay? So that's what it's there for. Therefore, so that you can be closer to God, so you can get to the Lord. Uh, rid yourself of malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all slander. No problem, right? Got that in the bag. Yeah. Verse 2. Like newborn infants, desire the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow up into your salvation if you have tasted that the Lord is good. Now, uh, we, we talked last week about uh, being sober minded, and I did not roll this out uh, last week. We've, we've really been thinking about how to do this. And uh, this, this is what we've come up with. I have a challenge for you, the church. This is, this is, not, this, this is from me saying, hey, I dare you to do this. Uh, this is just challenging if you want to be closer to the Lord. Because we've been talking since the new year began. We've been on, hey, do you want to get closer to Jesus? And so we've been sort of getting our minds right, wrapping our, uh, wrapping our um, 
our, our minds around what it's going to take to be closer to the Lord, not just, not just making another New Year's resolution that we're going to blow, okay? So we've been working up to this point, and, and I, I have a challenge for you. The challenge is for the month of February, which is our shortest month, okay? This is not something biblical. This is just a challenge, okay? It's just something, something to help you. See if you, can, see if you can do it. Nobody's going to go to your home and beat you with a rubber hose if you fail. We're just, we want you uh, to, to be able to get close to the Lord. And so I'm, I'm, I'm going to double-dog dare you. For the month of February, can you scratch something out that is your biggest distraction from getting closer to God? Now, here's, here's the big deal. That is, it's, that's not enough. That will not help you. Getting rid of something will not help you get closer to God. I'm going to just admit that right now, okay? In, in and of itself, getting rid of something will not help you to get closer to God. The goal is then replace that with time pursuing the Lord. Now, uh, Dusty, you got a microphone? He's got this blue microphone. Uh, Thomas, if you'll, uh, Dusty's going to take my February challenge up, and uh, just, just real quickly, will you tell them what you're going to do for your challenge, what you're going to remove, uh, and replace that with uh, getting closer to the Lord? So, a huge distraction for me and, and my wife, and I, volun- I volunteered my wife for this too, but... Yay! So Don't know that it works like that, but... So, we normally get the kids to bed... And our, our motivation for that is to get them to bed so we can, we can watch Netflix until we go to bed. So, you know, and sometimes we get, in, get into something and stay up till midnight watching, watching a, uh, a stupid show. So we're going we're gonna to do, do away with that and, and engage with the Lord instead of watch stupid shows. So, so, so this, this is, this is he's, what he's saying is, all right, God, you can have Netflix in the evening. For, it's not, we're never going to watch TV again. It's, the, it's, it's nothing like that. Nobody's asking you to, to, to join a monastery. He's just saying, I'm, I want to get closer to the Lord. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut out this in the evenings because, we, and we all do that, right? You get to watching something, and it's like, have you talked to the Lord this week? No, but I am caught up on Ozarks or whatever <laughs> you're watching, Right? And so just, it's just like, hey, I'm going to give the Lord this for a month. Dusty, thank you so much. Uh, mine is, I will, I, I'm, I'm going to be vulnerable with you here for just a moment. Uh, there are moments that I'm supposed to be working, right? And I've said, hey, I'm not, I'm not even going to look at my phone. I'm working. I'm doing something. And then all of a sudden, I'm on my phone. I don't even know how I got there. I don't remember picking it up. I don't remember any kind of notification. Anybody else having that? Anybody else? Like, like, if, like if I don't know this. Do y'all have the phantom buzz thing? You, you, like, you don't even, your phone didn't even, didn't even ring, which nobody's phone actually rings anymore. It vibrates. Uh, and, and you feel it vibrate, but it didn't vibrate. Why? Because your, your brain is like, dopamine, give me a hit, give me a hit. But it won't ring, so I'll do it for you, you know? So you, just, you feel this phantom bus, and it just, it's, it's this thing. And so I, I'll, just, I'll just be on it, and I'm like, what am I doing? And this, this is what fr- like infuriates me, is 
man, I'll, I'll be scrolling something, watching videos, or like I might even be listening to, to preaching or studying theology, and I'll be in the bath, and next thing you know, like I've been in the bath for an hour. I look like a prune scrolling through videos like I'm a 13-year-old on TikTok or something, and like I didn't even put my kids to bed. Like I've missed out on life. I didn't, I didn't read my Bible. I didn't put my kids to bed. I didn't do any of that stuff because like I'm studying harvest season in Hawaii or with some random thing that matters zero to my life. So, uh, so I have to use that for work. And many of you are like, hey, listen, I can't. I can't. So for, for me, it's, man, I've got this on my computer. I can do, if I've got to do something at work, I do something uh, while I'm there. And then, uh, man, I, when I get home, there's no, no social media for me. That's, it's, it's up, so I'm going to delete it off my phone. I have to have it on my phone so I can do live videos for the church. I'll put it back later. I'm not saying this is forever. I'm just saying for a month, let's just recenter and say, all right, God, you can have this. I just want to get closer to you. And so what I've got to do is replace that, which is weird for me because that's not, the evening is not my study time. And so I've got some things that I'll do in lieu of I'll have already ridden my, ridden? I've, I've ridden my Bible all the way to town. I will, I will have read my Bible by then, so I've got some other things that, that I'm going to be reading through. So anyways, this is not a weird thing. I'm not, you know, like, hey, and then after we do this, I'm going to bring out a bucket of rattlesnakes, and if it bites you and you die, you didn't have enough faith. We're not doing that, okay? Don't th- this is not a weird thing. I just, if, if, if this is something that you are into, you say, you know what? I would like to do that. I would like to get closer to God. Month of February, challenge, all right? One thing that is your biggest distraction from God, it, and it may be, it may be something uh, physical. It might be, you know what, I'm, I, you know, I, I normally have a glass of wine in the evening, and I'm, instead of that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to study. Or I'm on the phone for however long, I, you know what, I'm just going to spend time with the Lord. Or I don't know what you do, but if it distracts you from the Lord, Take a month, give that to him, and then see where you're at then. Okay? So don't make, don't make it weird. It's not weird. All right. And that was verse one. Rid yourself of malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander. Verse two. Like newborn infants, desire the pure milk of the word so that by it you may grow up into your salvation. And this is sort of where we're going. It's not enough to get rid of something. I, I, I want to gain something and and... Peter is saying, like an infant, you need to desire pure milk. And, and many people, and we're super proud of this, and we're super proud of you. Many of you in here are really new to the faith. And if you're not new to the faith, many of you have this testimony where you say, I've always called myself a Christian, but I've never actually followed Jesus. So this is kind of my first time to do that. And so right now for you, you are, you are taking in that milk, and you need some very um, elemental things in your faith and, and, and to help you uh, grow. And Peter's comparing that to milk. So you know that a baby, or maybe, maybe you do the, the, the farm and ranch thing, or maybe you've literally had a baby. Uh, but if you have a calf that's born, and during that birth, the mother dies, it's hard to keep that calf alive. Why? One word starts with a cuh and ends with lostrum, okay? The Colostrum, the, 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 the milk that the mother produces for this, for this calf, for this baby, is, is very necessary for that calf. And it, it, 
the, the, the calf craves it. You don't see them grazing at first. You don't see them partaking in the daily cube rations on the ranch. Why? Because I crave that milk. And so, so for many of you, you're new to the faith, and I would say you need this time, and the Lord's going to show you some things. It may not be as deep as you go someday, but it is so foundational for you that it's hard to survive without it. What are you saying? I'm saying that somebody who comes to the faith that decides I want to be a Christian and then they never begin to take in any food. I never read my Bible. They kind of stop going to church. Maybe you've had this happen to you. I was, I was a kid. I was 10 years old and I really I felt something at vacation Bible school. It was there, but nobody ever took me to church. I never read anything and it was just hard for that faith to survive because you didn't get that colostrum. You didn't get that pure spiritual milk. And so uh, for, for many of us, like you need that. And I am not, I'm, I'm using what Peter said. I'm not at all being demeaning uh, when I'm saying that like you're a baby. No, 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 no. We all have to have that. And, and without it, you can't survive. You've got to have it straight from the Lord, okay? Uh, the basics are, are going to be foundational. But also, a year down the road, You have separated that calf from its mother. And even if you didn't, <laughs> and you've got, you've got a 500-pound calf that's still, you know, uh, using mom, the health benefits are not the same. That calf actually can't survive on milk alone anymore. It's got to begin to graze. It's got to begin to eat for its own. And so as, as this calf grows or as your child grows, it has to have milk in the beginning, but then it literally can't live on it within a short period of time because that child, that calf, that whatever has to feed itself. And that's why the comparison is being made is because uh, we have to have the milk. And so for you, milk was on Instagram chapter one of the Bible, right? And somebody wordsmithed something for you. And you grew up on love the, love the sinner, hate the sin, or whatever. Somebody wordsmithed something for you. And that was milk for you. That helped you. That helped you understand. And that's good because people feed us, right? And so you come to church and hopefully... Uh, the things that I say are from the Lord, and they, they feed you, and that's good, but that's, that's still milk. See, as an adult, when you get the good stuff, like you're cutting up your own steak. As a Christian, you'll do the same thing. The best things and the most nourishing things that, that, that you partake will be things that you are feeding yourself, that you are going after for yourself. So both are necessary, but we just can't stay in that milk place. And Satan wants you to stay there. I want you to understand that. There is an active spiritual presence wanting you to stay on milk so that you can never grow and mature and begin to feed others. 1 Corinthians 3.13 and Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and, and the church in Corinth had gotten wild. 
<laughs> and uh, he says, For my part, brothers and sisters, I was not able to speak to you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as babies in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, since you were not yet ready for it. In fact, you were still not ready, because you were still worldly. For since there is envy and strife among you, are you not worldly and behaving like mere humans? And so he was telling the church, he was like, I need you to step up. I need you to go farther. But you still have so many things that are distracting you from getting closer to God. You're not hearing from God yourself. I've got to come in and kind of do everything for you. And if you really study Corinthians, it's, it, it was. Things, things, were, things were getting wild in, in the church in Corinth. And so Paul was like giving them a little bit of scolding. Like, I need you to step up. You're going to have to get some things out so that you can pull some things in. And I need you to do that so you can mature in your faith. If we don't, let, if you don't mature in your faith, eventually your faith will be tested. And the one who's testing you is a formidable opponent. If someone were to break through the foyer right now and just start whipping up on people in here, would you rather me send my nine-year-old Bodhi who weighs 43 pounds dripping wet or would you rather me send Tim the body steward over here? Who do you want to intercept him in the foyer? Right? I want someone mature. I want someone who can handle themselves. Hopefully someone familiarized with the roundhouse kick. Okay? I need somebody mature to fight this battle. You will be tested and the reason that we are seeing uh, people drop away from the faith is because they never got off the milk. They never got off of cliches and something that they saw on a meme or something like that and, and actually see what God had for them. And they had no idea what the scripture says. I, I, can, I foresee this for our generation that's growing up where they, they are tested and someone says, I'm an atheist, and they say, oh, you, you need to be like, you need to be a Christian. And they say, I don't want to be a, a Christian. I don't like your God. And how could you not like our God? Our God is all love. Our God does all these things. Do you know that your God had hundreds of thousands of people killed in the Old Testament? He would never do that. And then you open up the scripture and you read the book of Joshua and you're like, oh my gosh. Look at how many people, like, God sanctioned this. And you don't know because you've never read. And I'm using a mild example. There's a lot of things in the Bible that God is against, but we are still on the first book of TikTok. And God is love, and he would never do anything that the American culture deems is bad. And so we come into a conversation where someone opposes what you believe, but you don't believe it because you've never actually experienced and that's not belief, it's superstition. So we come against an opponent that challenges our superstition and we fall. And that's all it is. I'm told all the time, well, pastor, I just believe 
blah, right? No, I just believe it. And my follow-up question is this. Why do you believe that? Because I've read the Bible, and I'm not, I don't know everything, but a lot of times I'll be like, I happen to know the Bible doesn't say that. And so, you know, I want to be polite in the conversation. and says, why? Why do you believe that? I just know it. I just know it. Nobody cares. I don't mean like nobody cares, like nobody cares about you. I mean like you're not going to walk into a debate. You're not going to love somebody into the kingdom of God or somebody. I, I just know it. I just know it. There's a term for that in the, in the Old Testament. It said, and in those days, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. That's all you mean is like, I think it's right. Well, why do you believe that? You can believe all kinds of things about God. And if that's not true about God, it doesn't matter. Because I don't think that God is going to adjust his character based upon what your present day culture and opinion thinks he should be. In fact, if we do serve an almighty God, then aren't you lucky that he's an all loving God? Because if he were an almighty God, he could be an all hateful God and he would still be God. And there's nothing you could do about it. Didn't we hit the jackpot? So our opinion about God's character and nature really doesn't matter a lot. My opinion doesn't really matter a lot. If I can't back it up with Scripture, you shouldn't believe me that I believe it. It's nothing more than superstition. Well, I I just believe it just because. The same way that we just believe that you shouldn't walk under a ladder or continue down a path where there's a a black cat or break a mirror or any of those things. Why do you believe that? There's there's not evidence for any of this. Maybe you do have experimental evidence. You say, well, when I was little, a black cat crossed the road in front of me and my life has turned out to be crap, you know? I, I don't know. I, I'm just saying there's no difference, and, and I know that when I say that, some of you are like, listen, I believe the black cat thing. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying there's not, there's not proof of that. It's something that you believe, and there's no way to, to, to prove it. There's, there, there, there's, there's, no, there's no book for that, but we have a book for God. God has written to us about his nature, about who he is and what he is. Hebrews 5, 11 through 13. We have a great deal to say about this, and it is difficult to explain, since you have become too lazy to understand. Although by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the basic principles of God's revelation again. You need milk, not solid food. Now, everyone who lives on milk is inexperienced with the message uh, about righteousness because he is an infant, but solid food is for the mature, for those whose senses have been trained to distinguish between good and evil. I want you to rise up to where God wants you to be. And I know that you can do it. I've had conversations with almost every single person in this room. And I know that God has made you special and made you to where you can be with him and you can understand him and you can get closer to him. And I know that there are difficulties in the way. There are many people in this room who have uh, learning disabilities. 
and you say, you know what, reading is not really my thing because I have these things, I'm telling you that I believe that God will meet you supernaturally and explain to you. We will hook you up. We will put an app on your phone. You don't have a phone, then you probably have a CD player, and we will get you the Bible on CD. We can have that read to you. We believe that you can. And some of you are like, listen, my job is to pull, pour, pour, pull oil up from a mile underground, but then you want me to tell you that you can't understand like you're like I just don't understand stuff. You dude, you just pulled. <laughs> like you work on a fracking unit. I just look at those and my mind explodes. I mean you you are good at something. You've become an expert at something. Some of you will be watching some NFL and you know every rule in the rule book, which is probably bigger than the Bible, right? <laughs> but you don't know and I understand, and I'm not, I, I'm not ex, uh, uh, making light of anything that stands in your way that, that is, is a difficulty in, in, in learning or anything like that. But we believe that God will meet you supernaturally and that he will give you an understanding and explain who he is and who his nature is. And we want to help you. That's why we have, starting next Sunday evening, we have a Bible study. And listen, here is my goal for the Bible study. And there will be a lot of uh, things that we think that you'll find very interesting. But we also believe that by the time you leave this Bible study, you will be equipped with the tools to be able to meet with God and understand the word for yourself. Not only understand it and get it, we think you'll be in love with it. That's the goal. And we believe that 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 can apply for any person in here. So he says, like newborn infants, desire pure milk of the word so that you may uh, grow up into your salvation if you have tested that the Lord is good. And I love that. If you have tasted, I think I said tested last time. Words are a struggle today. If you have tasted that the Lord is good. I got to, I got to sort of like adjunct teach um, a college class, and there were some uh, th- there were some guys who were sitting in the back of the class, and uh, they were Muslim, which which I love, man. I was I was like I want I want to be your friend. I want to get to know you and try to kind of pursue that relationship a little bit. But uh, I I came and I was speaking about um, spirituality and spiritual wellness, and so uh, as I did that, I tried to speak with intellectual integrity and use things, like I wasn't there to tell everybody, well, Jesus is the only way and everybody else is wrong. I just came to say, if you, uh, if, this, this is how you're going to do it. If you're going to find the truth and on, on a spiritual level, this is how you do it. And I, I tried to, to approach that uh, with, like I said, with, with intellectual integrity. And so th- there's, some, there's some guys in the back, and uh, like they know, that I'm not Muslim, right? <laughs> Just from what I'm wearing alone, like they, they know that I'm on a different page uh, than, than what they are, right? And so uh, I, I told them, this is le- like sort of how you go about finding truth. Because if you know my testimony, that's, that's part of my testimony, is at some point it hit me like, well, how do I know that this is true? And one of them raised his hand and, and he looked at me and I could, tell, I could tell he was just steaming, right? He's looking for something to be wrong. And uh, 
He said, at some point, you've got to choose something. And to his astonishment, I said, you are absolutely right. But what process do you go through before you can choose? And we have people in our country that are all sorts of religion, including Christian, who have given themselves the label but haven't gone through the intellectual process of deciding why we are that. And so if you're not a Christian today, you're going to love this statement. I think that in that realm, atheists have probably done a lot better job than Christians. But I would say, too, that if you just decide that you don't want to believe in God and so you call yourself an atheist, you have done a great disservice to the process that you need to go through to be able to call yourself an atheist. And there's a lot of questions that you don't have an answer to. Christians, there's a lot of questions that you don't have an answer to. I know it looks like I'm backing myself up into a corner, but hold on, i got something for you. Why are you a Christian? If, and, and again, I don't want this to be condemnational at all. I want, I want this to be thought-provoking, okay? So this, this, is, this is totally out of love, and I would say this to, to, to anyone of, of any faith or, or disclaiming faith at all. But if you've never read the Bible, and you have no prayer life, and you've not seen God move in your life at all, why are you a Christian? And I think that we're getting to a place in the world where it is not going to be convenient to be a Christian anymore. And so the reason I'm saying this is because I want you to be prepared for that. Because when it's no longer convenient, it will be convenient to not be a believer. And my soul hurts for you because I love you. And I want you to think through this. And I know that you're going to be challenged. And, and, and I want you to taste. See, this is why I'm not backed into a corner. I, I, I'm not afraid of you going through the intellectual process of is there a God. I'm not afraid of you thinking, well, maybe, maybe somebody else could be right. Maybe what about, what about the kid who never heard? that? The, you know, I, are they still going to go to hell? Is this, is this? I'm not afraid of those questions, and I'm not afraid of you asking those questions either. But here's what I need you to know. You will never get to the bottom of all of it. Never. It is far too vast and far too complex, and you will never get to the bottom of every question that is out there. But there is one thing that can satisfy all of those questions. If you taste and see. My kids, some of them are still little, and on occasion, mom will slip a plate in front of them, and they're like, I don't like it. And we say, how do you know you don't like it? They say, because it's green and that's not the kind of person I am. <laughs> but my youngest is in love with Brussels sprouts. It took a long time to get there because out of principle, she was not eating them. <laughs> because that comes from the ground and it's green. But when she tasted, and you have some things that you like. I'm, I, my love language is street tacos. Mmm, some street tacos, pastor. There's pineapple in there. Who put pineapple in it? 
Had I known there was pineapple, and I like pineapple, but don't put it in my taco. That's like you sick freaks who put it on your pizza. Like, why would you throw pineapple in my taco? I had a perfectly good pig in there. Like, what is happening right now? And had I known there was pineapple, I never would have eaten it. Had I known the ingredients, I'll never know the ingredient to everything, but I can taste it. And you know what? I like me some pineapple in my tacos. I wouldn't have known it had I not tasted. You don't have to try every religion. You don't have to try every God. Guess what? Hinduism alone has 330 million known gods. You'll never get there. You'll never get to the bottom of it. Here's what we're asking you to do is taste and see that the Lord is good. And then I don't have to know everything, but I've done the intellectual process. I've done the spirit process. I've done the faith process. And then, like the young man told me, then you need to decide. As the Bible says, walk by faith, not by sight. But walk by faith in what? In the one that you have tasted and seen that he is good. You will never run out of questions that you could ask God. But once you've tasted and you've seen that he is good and that everything that he does for you is for your good, it may not be good, but it's for your good and for his glory, then you can trust what he's got you in, what you're going through. I don't have to abandon him and say, maybe I've missed out, I'm going through something else, because I've tasted and I know that the Lord is good and I've put my faith in him and I'm trusting the process. We know, read the book of Revelation, things are gonna get wild. That doesn't mean that he's not still good. You got to taste and know and experience and see that he is good. Or when you get challenged, you will falter and fail. And you can't taste and see that the Lord is good if somebody is still feeding you milk and that's all that you're getting. You won't grow, you won't mature. I, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is uh, John chapter 9, verse uh, 23 through 28. When Christ was on the earth, he did a ton of miracles. And that's what the New Testament is about. The Old Testament is, you know, God creating the world, choosing his people, and promising, promising that a, a Messiah, a Savior, would come one day. And, and Jesus was, was that Savior. So when he came, he did all sorts of things to validate that he was the Son of God. And in John 9, 24, uh, that's where I'll read, but before that, there was a, a man who was born blind. Everybody knew that the guy was blind from birth, and he was older now. And so Jesus comes through, and he heals the guy, and the guy can see. And so the Pharisees, the, the religious rulers, they're against Jesus. Why? Because they were not willing to taste and see. They just saw Brussels sprouts. They're like, I ain't tasting that. Not going to work for me. And so they're against Christ. They're against Jesus being the Messiah. They're like, nope, nope, we, we think that the Messiah is going to be meat and potatoes. He cannot be a vegetable. You know what I'm saying? Like that, I know that was a weird thing to say, but um, they were like, no. So they call him in and he's like, I they, they want him to say something bad about Jesus. They're like, look, we know you can see now, but you got to admit, he's a bad guy, right? 
And so he won't say it. So they send him away and they bring him back in. And this is, this is the uh, documentation of that, verse 24. So a second time they summoned the man who had been blind and told him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, Whether, he's a, whether or not he's a sinner, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind and now I can see. All the other questions really didn't matter, did they? Because I've tasted and I've seen that the Lord is good. All I know is where I used to be. But how can there be suffering in the world? How could a good God send people? First of all, God doesn't send people to hell. My mother-in-law was just scolding me on this yesterday. Like, he, he gives an option. He wants you to follow him. He died so that you would follow him. But regardless, you still have a world that's saying, how could God do this? How could God do this? How could God do this? I don't know, but here's what I know. I was blind. I was stuck. I don't have the answers to everything, but here's something that I have experienced. This happened to me. This was supernatural. I tried on my own for years. Nobody can do this. Jesus did it. And that's all I got. I've tasted it. I've seen that the Lord is good. And there's a lot of questions that I can't answer. There's plenty of bad in the world. But I know what I saw God do. And you can tell me all day long that my wife doesn't love me, doesn't exist, has left me, talks bad about me behind my back. But I woke up to her this, I woke up next to her this morning. Right? You may tell me that, but I know. I have trouble with yesterday, but this morning's still fresh. I know that she was still there. There's always been terrible things happening in this world. Since the tree, God gave us a choice in the garden, and he still gives us a choice every day. That was symbolic. That was foreshadowing for what would happen in every single life. And we throw shade at Adam and Eve, but they were given a choice between life and the knowledge of good and evil. They were given a choice between following God and being gods themselves, and they chose to try to be gods themselves. And we've had that choice ever since, and sometimes it gets chaotic. In the 1940s, it got a little chaotic, kind of took the world by storm. Some of you even in your lifetime. In the 90s, did y'all know that millions were dying in Cambodia to genocide? It didn't even make our news channels. Did you know that in, 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 in uh, northern and central Africa, there's a genocide still going? There have been crazy things. And, and if you don't know, if you don't taste and see that the Lord is good, man, somebody's going to blow your mind. So the last thing he told us is like newborn infants desire the pure milk of the world so that word so that it may be uh, so that by it you may grow up into your salvation if you've tasted that the Lord is good and 1 Peter 2 9 on the computer back there but you are a chosen race a royal priesthood you're like whoa this is out of context he's talking about the Jews no he was talking about you Gentiles 
You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He has made you a royal priesthood. Now understand where we're coming from. In the Old Testament, many of you know this, uh, that there was a, a temple and there was an outer court where you could go if you were a Jew, but there, there was kind of the inner court. It just like, like it kept going in. There was kind of three tiers. There was a holy place and then there was a most holy place. And in this most holy place, only one man, only one time a year could go into that place and offer sacrifices because that's where the Holy Spirit dwelt when Jesus died. The curtain that separated the most holy place from the holy place was torn from top to bottom and that was symbolic because that means that this is no longer the temple. You are now the temple. The holy of holies, the most holy place, is now in you. You have been made the dwelling place, the temple of God. And now the Holy Spirit dwells in believers, in you. We believe that the Spirit will work through you. Uh, You're like, well, why don't I see that more? It's not because you don't have uh, the Spirit. And if you're, if you're not a believer, you, you, you don't have the Spirit. But if you're a believer, you have the Spirit. It's not that you don't have the Spirit. It's that the Spirit doesn't have you. You are the temple of God. We are the temple of God. And God has things that He wants. And He wants to grow this temple and he will use you to do it. He's already using you guys to do it. I've been bragging on y'all for the last couple of weeks, man. I mean, right now with, with what's going on with sickness, my gosh, it's crazy. And churches are just suffering. And you are still bringing people. You're doing an amazing job. He wants to keep growing you. He wants to grow you into a temple that is a refuge, that is a holy place for him where we are stronger together. Listen to Ephesians 2, 18 through 22. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household, built on the foundations of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. Okay, you see this imagery of stones being built? Jesus is the cornerstone. You have the apostles, the prophets, all those who God used to write our our Bible. Those are being laid, and now you're being stacked right on top of that. In him, the whole building being put together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you are also being built together for God's dwelling in the Spirit. You are the temple. The Holy Spirit is in you. He wants to move in you. He wants to move through you. He wants to fill you so much that you pour out into others. And that's why we are moving distractions from our life. That's why we are getting closer to God because I want you to become addicted to life change. I want you to be so fired up that when you meet people, you are like, I'm telling you right now, if you will follow this, look, I started reading my Bible and it just, it just, it just like rained down on me. And if you'll do it, but you can't speak with confidence about what God will do if you've never seen God do it. And I want that for you. I, I crave that for you. I've, I've got years of watching people come from all sorts of backgrounds, all sorts of lifestyles, and say, if you would just pursue God. And so far, nobody has come back to me and go, you know what, I really pursued God. I just, I just didn't get anything out of that. I had one young lady, worship team, go ahead and come up. One young lady 
And uh, her, her father was actually a, a teacher in a Buddhist temple. I'm telling you, I, I, I don't shy away from these conversations. I love these people. I love, I love cultures and places, and, and you don't have to be a Christian to be my friend, okay? Uh, I guess, I guess that's, that's what I'm saying. But I uh, had a great conversation with her, and uh, she, she was like, you, you know, she's, she was very open, and I said, let me, let me tell you this. I said, if you will go home, and you will, if you will take a Bible home, and you will read for five minutes a day, for, for just seven days, just one week, if you will read that Bible for five minutes a day and God doesn't change your life, then you can stop this pursuit because you'll know that he's not the one. And so I prayed for her. And this girl had a friend who was a Christian and she prayed for her. And I've seen this work. I can't tell you how many times. I would love for you to listen to, when I was in college, the, the um, dean of the science department was... Um, Dr. Floyd Mitchell, and man, this, this happened with him too. He was an atheist. He was a scientist, and he got that challenge five minutes a day for seven days, and he became a Christian, and I was like, man, it's going to work. And then I called her a week later, and she was like, ah. I didn't get anything out of that. I'm devastated. It works. It works every time. A week, two weeks go later, and I get a message from her, and she said, I've just got to be honest with you. I mean, I read a little bit. I, d- I didn't put any effort into this at all. I pray that one day she will. But the reason I was so let down is because it, it happens. If people will pursue God, not for who you want him to be, there's enough of that going around. Who he is, read the scripture and just say, all right, God, tell me about you. He will change you. He will be in you. And you're a fantastic person. Maybe you don't need to change in a lot of areas, but you need to be filled, filled with the Holy Spirit and pumped up out there ministering and bringing people in going, you've got to experience this. Not a superstition. I can't do that for a superstition. I can only do that for something that I've seen, something that I've tasted and know is good. And that's what we want. That's what a church is, is here for, is to try to help you. That's why we're having a Bible study. We, we want you to join us uh, with that on Monday. It's going to help you be able to read your scripture. But that's why we give Bibles at the door, because we want you to taste for yourself. We believe that God will minister to you. Will you do this for me this week? And I've already gone over, and I owe at least a Tylenol to everybody watching your kids. Will you, I want you to take me up on the February thing. I want you to take me up on the February thing. Even if you don't. Or if you do. Because like the goal is I'm getting rid of something so that I can replace it with spending time with the Lord. This is what I want you to do. I want you to not be in a rush. Okay? And this is like the whole goal of like Dusty. He, he's not going to be rushing through his words so that he can watch a show, right? I'm going to get God off my back so that I can watch this because you're not going to get a good Lord any time. Will you set out some time, and I'm not talking for huge chunks of time, would you set out some time where you're not in a rush and pray and say, God, I'm going to meet with you. Would you meet with me? And then read. Well, how much do I read? Read until you've read. Okay? until you've got something. Actually, there's a, there's a bookshelf. When you go out to your left, I've got a stack this big of green books, and all they are is just the book of John, and they have study notes in there with them. That's a great place to start. If you've not read the Bible before, John is an eyewitness account of the life of Jesus from his youngest disciple. 
would you start there? Lord, speak to me. I want to meet with you and start there. Spend some time in prayer. I'm not asking for huge chunks of time, but I think that God is going to blow you up with the reality of his presence. And if not, what are we doing here? Really? If we don't have a God who will meet with us supernaturally, then what is this all for? I believe he'll do it. And I want to hear your story. Can I emphasize that part? I want to hear your story. If you're going to take us up on the challenge, I want to hear about it. I want to know about it. But I want to hear what God is speaking to you. Because it lights me up when you go, I heard from God. I always wondered. That's what everybody says. I always wondered if he was actually real and then he spoke to me. Pray with me. Lord, we praise you for who you are. We praise you that you take the time to speak with us, God. We are not worthy, but you love us and we want to meet with you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will rain down on your people, that you would overwhelm us with your, uh, with your love and with understanding of you and with passion for your gospel and for the ministry that you have given us of reconciliation, Father. We, we want all of those things. God, I pray as, as, uh, as, as your church, as your people, uh, take you up on this challenge, Father. And as we uh, uh, pursue you, God, meet with us. We are desperate to meet with you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The worship team is going to play. Some baskets are going to come forward. Uh, we talked earlier about that uh, section on your um, connection card. Drop that in the basket. Let us know how we can serve you. Uh, also, if you're a believer, part of the way that we worship was with tithe and offerings, so drop that in as well. Please stand and worship with us.